everybody. How are you all doing? Cooper, thank you for joining me tonight. Good to see you again, Wayne. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we haven't seen you on here in, what, uh, two, three weeks, I believe. Yeah, okay, yeah, a lot of stuff's been going on, man. It's, I mean, you've got, you've got some good feelings for me, so I think they're, they're holding down the fort pretty well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, we've had a, a couple uh, Pern Dog. We've had El Kalupa. Um, yeah, uh, every everybody's been doing such an awesome job. Some knowledgeable people you got bringing it out here. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you uh, all for those who are viewing. Uh, we love you guys, um, and uh, we couldn't do this without you. And uh, we love to do this for you guys. But we're gonna cut right to the chase uh, without going into too much detail yet. What an interesting night you had <laughs> with money in the bank. That is a Would great to elaborate. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I thought I was hoping everything would have been done at headquarters. Um, but lo and behold, it did not. Our first set of matches, everything was live at the performance center, which I found very surprising. I thought that was going to be taped too. Um, and then we close out the show with the actual money in the bank ladder matches. So, very interesting stuff to jump into and break down here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, it, it was uh, pretty good. It was a fairly easy show to take in, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, it wasn't long. Um, you know, there was some good stuff going on, but at the same time, there wasn't that many good stuff. Um, but uh, for the most part, um I was kind of uh, intrigued and amused, especially by the way uh, the main money in the bank uh, match took place, uh, which uh, we'll get to in a short while. But uh, first, uh, we're going to jump right into it from uh, the <laughs> I messaged you at this point from the very beginning of the show. <laughs> the very first thing that happens is New Day comes out. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> you know what uh, I, I think I think it's time uh, for the new day uh, gimmick to I think it's had its run at this point um, I've enjoyed it the whole entire time up until when coffee coffee uh, had the won the title and lost it uh, but anyway that was my first reaction then we got the Miz and Morrison comes out Forgotten Sons and Lucha House Party uh, in a fatal four way tag team uh, match Um for the tag team titles for SmackDown, good match, a lot of good spots, despite the people that were in it, um, such as the Spanish fly taking out the whole field. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but uh, Cooper, uh, what, would, what, do you, what did you think about this match? It was a lot better than I was anticipating. Uh, you're, you're right. There were some good high-flying spots. I thought uh, Psychosis, um, I mean, Grand Metalik, excuse me. Um, you know, he had some good spots there as well. It, it kind of puts things into perspective for you that the new day is starting to stall out a little bit. Um, you know, Kofi and Biggie, they're a good tandem. It's a good, great team. Don't get me wrong, but I think we're kind of at the end of that rope right now, especially since Kofi's lost the title. And honestly, if you think about way back in the day when Big E was NXT champion and he beat Seth Rollins to become the second champion, that guy had so much steam and momentum at that point and the developmental. They could have done so much more with him when he got brought up, but he was pigeonholed for so long. I think he kind of got forgotten a little bit and 
what he can do. But nevertheless, just pairing him up with Kofi and Woods helped out. But to the match itself, you had some good spots. Some things were getting traded out and everything. So with all the false counts, you know, a lot of great tag team work you saw from Lucha House Party. You thought they were going to take Biggie out at one moment. And I thought mm. they were going to win the titles. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You thought the Forgotten Sons had a, had a spot. There really wasn't anything that jumped out for Miz and Morrison for me. You know that. Well, that, you know, uh, I, have, I have to jump in there really quick. I, I felt Morrison was carrying a match pretty well tonight. Uh, he was really keeping me interested. No, not so much the Miz, but uh, Morrison, I felt like, was uh, keeping me intrigued in the match with the spots that was going. I think he, uh, Morrison yeah. had a great showing. Yeah, and they they even commented that he looks better now than he did in his first run ten years ago. Which yeah, he's just a little that. looking rough and older in the face. He doesn't have that young baby face anymore, but he sure hasn't lost a step. No, he's still got the same speed. He can still fly. Starship Pain still looks good. But I mean, the you know the match delivered a lot better than I was anticipating. You know, the Forgotten Sons they they played their heel role like they were supposed to. You know, you get the third man thrown out of there by the referee. Like, like that's supposed to happen all the time, but it's it's it should be a good buildup. It was like a test run for them almost to make sure they could be groomed for the titles. But I think they can hold it down or as the next holders down the line. Yeah, I think the title should have gotten uh, should have uh, went over to the Forgotten Sons. They should have been yeah. booked to win this match. It just would have been something fresh to see on the uh, Friday night side of things. Yeah. Um, but their their whole tag team division needs revamping. Even if you do like a trade of one or two SmackDown teams uh, over to Raw um, and NXT, do a little shift in. But uh, something needs to be done there for sure. Yep. But I the overall match, I I was entertained by it. That definitely, it definitely would have gotten some wild pops, especially you know the the Spanish fly trap clearing out everybody. That would have had everybody on their feet and screaming. You know, just the the little spots here and there. You know, like I said with Blue House Party, everybody bit would have been screaming like, "Are you serious right now?" So I mean, it's just it's just little stuff that jumped out at me that a crowd would have helped even more with the the action. Yeah, I absolutely think that the crowd would have popped for this for sure. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think they would have gotten great fan reaction. I mean, I was in, I was into it. I wasn't really looking at my cell phone too much, except for uh, taking a couple notes here and there. Um, yeah. But um, I was pretty much uh, in tune to what was going on in that first match. It, it pretty much had me. Yeah. It was moving on. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we had uh, R-Truth versus uh, MVP, uh, which... <laughs> Which was interesting. I feel like they kind of threw in this match because uh, WWE didn't have enough time to fill on their tapings or whatever the yeah. case may be. But uh, we see that uh, Lashley comes in and takes MVP's place, which was a little bit of a surprise to our truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lashley defeats our truth. Um, and uh, so, what, what do you think is going to happen with MVP here? Is, is is he recruiting people? What's going on with this? I think. I think. He's conducting interviews, if you will. So I think that's that's his whole thing. You know, when he's talked to the street profits, you know, he's talked to, you know, wrestlers here and there, you know, our truth now, Bobby Lashley, uh, Apollo. He's talked to so many people. It's like it's like he's trying to go throughout the entire locker room and he's just doing interviews and it's a slow buildup. But there's the staple that's going to form. And he's going to be the face behind everything. And I think they're just, or 
I don't know if they have the field set yet for who they want to have in it or, you know, the, you know, MVP just talking to everybody's just part of the whole buildup. But I'm curious to see what the payoff is for this and who exactly they're going to put with MVP or if it's going to be some, like some rookie blood, especially that he's going to be grooming, if you will. You know, this could tie into uh, a later feud uh, eventually down the uh, down the line, maybe around Survivor Series time, where the belt comes off for Drew to go to Lashley if you build this the right way right. and just have Lashley drop it at WrestleMania. Um, that's a possibility. Uh, but we've seen MVP um, with uh, up, talking up Apollo Crews two weeks ago. We've exactly. seen him with Shane Thorne and Brendan Vick. Uh, who are both uh, recently holed up from NXT. So um, I, I see something brewing, but um, now that's just, um, that would probably be like, I don't, I don't, I don't think they go Bobby Lashley down the line and uh, build like a little stable there, but they absolutely could. Um, Lashley has been getting a lot of shine lately. So mm-hmm. um, I can see something long-term, maybe as soon as they, get this uh, Seth Rollins stuff out of the way. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Um, if Lashley is uh, booked the right way, he's definitely, uh, you know, a believable champion. Oh, exactly. So moving on, uh, we had Tamina versus Bailey ver- uh, for the Women's SmackDown Championship. Um, slow moving <laughs> at first. <laughs> uh, just a bit. But then it picked up. It picked up. I, I you know, I, I knew uh, who the winner was going to be here, Bailey. Um, but the match did pick up. I feel uh, Tamina actually wrestled a pretty decent match. It's probably one of her best outings in a long time. I'm, I'm so used to being her Nia Jax almost, like very stiff, like three to four moves. That's about it. But it showed kind of another side of her. But I'm kind of bored with the whole Bailey-Sasha heel aspect of this. And just their temper tantrums and their attitudes, you know, the whole thing with Bailey, you know, oh, I'm thirsty. And then she throws the water on her, Um, you know, Sasha getting involved again. It's it's a same match, different night almost with just another person as the filler there. Another cheap roll up pin, you know, or cheap win for her, if you will. I'm, I'm bought out of the Bailey saga at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe it's going to change eventually. Um, I hope so. I, I've heard uh, numerous rumors of uh, them possibly doing a match, maybe even SummerSlam with Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Um, we still have quite a bit of time to get there. We're in a month of oh, May. Yeah. SummerSlam's in August, so we're looking at about three months. So yes. there's plenty of time to get there. Um, that the could question, happen. The question is, who becomes the face of that feud and who stays the heel? Because... We all know the bubblegum, the bubblegum Bailey with the the ponytail, but you know Sasha has been a face before. Yeah, that that's that's tough. Um, I, I you got me stumped. Yeah, I don't know. it's it's, it's hard, hard, hard to see, see how it unfolds. Uh, I I think maybe um, maybe you turn Sasha face. Um, I, I'm not too sure, but like, this is all assuming if they're going that route. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they they still have uh, Lacey Evans chasing, so we could see that payoff. Lacey's been chasing Bailey on and off for months now, ever yeah. since the virus series. So we could finally see that payoff at uh, SummerSlam. I so, hope we do. Um, yeah, that would be a, a little uh, – I would not want to book Sasha versus Bailey right now. I wouldn't know who to turn face and to turn heel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just not sure how you uh, work that at the moment, at least. But uh, moving on, um, we had the Universal title match. We had uh, Bray Wyatt versus uh, the champion Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Uh, Braun gets the win here. Um, I felt like we had a pretty good match. What, what did you think of all this uh, weird ending? There, it, it was. It, it was very mental, you know, because Bray, every time he took a hard lick, he was always just, he was laying there. He would be in the corner just cackling. And it's, it, it, it was a real mental fight. And I love that aspect of this feud, you know, because it, it's Bray who made Braun Strowman versus Braun. So it, it's maker or, you know, it's master versus teacher, if you will, if you want to go that old school route. But, you know, a lot of hard hits, you know, Bray knowing Braun so well, especially when he does the, the, the train that builds up running around the ring and he just chucked him into the table and threw him over it. So, and then, you know, he spiked him with the DDT right there. And then all the puppets start coming up and everything, you know, just a, <laughs> a little cool. bit of a, of a mind game right there. Rattling then- rabbit uh, <laughs> showed up. That was exactly. Awesome. Love that puppet. And then right at the very end, you know, you see Braun crawling right back into the ring and he's got the mask on and Bray almost breaks down into tears. He's so happy. And he says he will be so happy, and that I, you know, obviously that seems to be an allusion to the fiend, who's kind of controlling his brain, if you will, or you know, the the dark side, who's going to be happy that the black sheep has come home, and then you just see Bray absolutely annihilate him after he rips the mask off and stomps it. So Bray's beaten his original maker. So at this point. I think it's going to lead to monster versus fiend. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's happening. They uh, left it wide open uh, oh, yeah. for that. That's happening for sure. Yeah. But I just, I just, or I, I'm bought into that feud just for the backstory of it and how Bray is playing it right now, how it's just getting into his head and he wants this optimistic outcome and he knows he can get it no matter how bad he gets stomped. Yeah, the storytelling has been really good uh, on this. Yeah, I, I love how they've gone back in time and they showed like the past highlights, and you also kind of see an evolution of Braun Strowman when that when they showed that video package. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank God he cut that hair too because yo that he was bald and really bad and he needs to keep that mohawk. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I had to uh, cut my beard too. <laughs> <laughs> it was looking it was looking pretty bad and unprofessional. I thought I was uh trying to be a rebel um you know and uh, not cut my beard until the end of the quarantine, but it's just simply not working out and nah. i I have a problem going on underneath this hat right now too that I gotta address but uh <laughs> anyway, moving on uh w w e championship uh this is the match I've been waiting for. Yeah, uh, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed this match. This was indeed the match of the night. Um, you know, a close second. Could, I guess you can, um, you know, make a case for the tag team uh, four-way match that we saw in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, of the night. Uh, but Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, uh, great match. It absolutely delivered. Tease mm-hmm. finishes. Um, so. The, right at the beginning of this, we see uh, Seth come out in his uh, new theme song, and thank God that "Burn It Down" yeah. <laughs> intro is gone. It did yes. not make sense for him to have it this long. Yeah, because a Messiah wants to build his stable and build his followers, and not burn it down. So 
yeah, it made zero sense to keep that for him. Yeah. Um, so th- that caught me by surprise. Uh, I did not recall him coming out to uh, that theme song or that uh, video package on the, the Titan Tron uh, for the entrance on Monday night. So, um, yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty cool as uh, a little more to his character, so to speak. And um, yeah. Uh, and his, his uh, David Koresh uh, like persona to him. Jay doesn't really like it. I, I kind of like <laughs> it for now. Um, so what did you think of this match? Well, first, I think Jay might want to get used to it because whenever they change a video package like that in a theme song, that means it's staying around for a, quite a while. So I think the behind the scenes, they're really invested into this Monday Night Messiah character. I think it's great. So it's, yeah, I think it's going to be there for a while. Um, but to the match itself, hard hitting. I'm glad that both Raw and SmackDown, their main titles or the world titles, they have great storytelling right now with it and have the group, the people that they need up there to tell that. Um, because Seth and Drew. Paul Hammond. Yes. Yeah. The, the guy's an absolute genius, but I'll touch on him here in a little bit too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was hard hitting. You know, just. You thought, you know, Drew had the the injury there for a little bit. So, you know, just playing that up, you know, can he overcome it? You know, and then Seth just, especially with his interaction with the referee, he's like, you know, you get disqualified, you know, you don't win the title. And Seth, he doesn't even look at the ref. He's staring Drew down the whole time and says, will you please shut up? So Seth has just that mentality and he's just, he's laser focused and he's just buried into this character and he's just dead inside and he just has one or he has one goal and he knows having that championship will get that goal. So it was great storytelling by Seth. They beat the crap out of each other. And especially that last sequence where they were trading blow for blow. You thought they were going to bust each other open there for a second. until Drew finally hit that last Claymore on him. Oh, that was a great finish. Oh Yeah. Uh, Seth took a nasty glass, uh, was a Glasgow kiss to kiss. the head. Yeah. I was mistaken if I said that right. Yeah. Um, which I thought was, um, pretty cool. That was a nice little visual there. Uh, but yeah, that finish was great. Blow for blow at the end. Yeah. Drew, um, scares, Drew scares me when he throws that headbutt because I, you never know if he's making full contact and could just shatter someone's jaw with that thick skull. <laughs> He probably has hurt a couple people with that by accident. I wouldn't doubt that for a moment. Yeah, but I think I think he's learned over the years, you know, especially with a big leg coming at you with a claymore and how to throw that skull just right. I think he's he's good with it now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was pretty pleased with this uh, second championship match that we got. Uh, but- I absolutely enjoyed it. <laughs> The kicker to that match was after the match, too. Yes, so, let's talk about that. So whenever Drew is walking out of the ring, he's standing there right beside Seth, and he looks at him, and he sticks his hand out to shake it. And I forgot his exact wording on it, but you know, I know what you're going for. It's not necessarily help me, you know, with everything, but you know, kind of do it right, you know, keep going with it. And him and Seth shake hands, and Seth just kind of looks at him after they they break the lock and Drew, or Drew gets out of the ring. So it leaves it wide open for which way this is going to go now. 
I mean, is that just going to royally get under Seth's skin even further and push his agenda even more? You know, is he just going to be vomiting tomorrow night? You know, what it, it left it so ambiguous for how is that going to rub Seth tomorrow night? And what's it going to do to him mentally that he lost that match? And then to be in the position that Seth's in right now, it's almost like he Drew was looking down on him. Yeah. As, well, as Drew has got about. I don't know, three, four inches taller than <laughs> well, Seth. Sure. Well, I'm, well, I'm, well, I mean, even both figuratively and yeah. literally, you know, it's like, you know, uh, it's like he only did that because he beat me. He's he was showing me up, you know, it's how dare he do that. So, I mean, I think it might turn Seth's character up just a little bit further. And we're just going to get an even more diabolical side of this messiah. Yeah. The one point uh, uh, we uh, that happened tonight, too, was Drew was... Um, talking to Seth and he was like, Hey, listen, shake my hand. Show me the leader that you are. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. I was drawing a blank over a second, but Which yeah, I thought yeah. it was cool. But I think Seth comes out, uh, angry and, uh, I'm, I'm not really looking into the whole handshake thing for now. Um, I, I think, um, Seth comes out, uh, wanted to challenge drew again. He'll come out angry tomorrow night. Um, I don't see, um, a developing friendship, so to speak. No, Lord. No. That's yeah, not so, happening right well, now. Well, backlash is in five weeks, so that's June fourteenth. So we'll have a July pay per view. Then we'll be going to SummerSlam. So I mean, if they fight at every pay per view up to SummerSlam, if that's the payoff, that's going to be four matches altogether between those two. So I don't know. That feels like it might be dragging it out a little bit too long, or if they kind of take this one off, you know, for backlash and let Drew have someone else. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And we also, uh, in, in in a couple moments, we have to talk about the uh, Money in the Bank winners. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think Seth and Drew, um, you know, uh, drags out till SummerSlam. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. at some point they they pause and put a stop to it and revisit it later on in the year. They can absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, um, great match. I'm interested to see what happens tomorrow on Raw. I, I think they're going to con- uh, continue the feud. Uh, that July pay-per-view, um, do we know what it's called? Is it be like Great Balls of Fire again? Or I hope to go. I, th- I think that was a one-time <laughs> shot. Uh, <laughs> that got a lot this- of slack. Oh, bad. Money in the Bank was usually in July because Backlash was normally the pay-per-view after uh WrestleMania, because I mean, obviously, the backlash of WrestleMania. Right. It was. Uh, I want to say it was uh, backlash. Um, this would have been backlash, I think. Yeah. And June would have been Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. And then whatever was in July. Uh, yeah, I'll have to. Stream rules. To, I don't know. What was that? Maybe stream rules or something. Yeah, that that could be about right. Yeah, yeah they, they've maneuvered it a few times around, but I know Money in the Bank was usually June. Oh yeah, yeah. It's let's see here. Because remember, it started uh, Summer of Punk a couple of years ago. Yep. So I don't think it wasn't really always in May, but anyway, um, to segue, an interesting segue that I got is uh, the R Truth interview. I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh-huh. you know, uh, R Truth's persona is just always he's always confused and messing up people's names. He doesn't know where it is which I think is absolutely hilarious. But um, as we all know, Rob Gronkowski is the 
24-7 champion. And uh, he, our uh, truth is being interviewed and comes out saying that he's going to challenge Tom Brady for the 24-7 title, that he's lonely, he wants that belt back. and he, He's going to sack him is what I, he's going to do. I, <laughs> I, I was dying. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I yeah. do think that uh, in one of the NFL games, uh, I would say whichever one is on Fox, I can promise you, this is my prediction. The day that Tampa Bay is playing on Fox, maybe against the Giants, who knows? <laughs> but it would be on national TV. And our truth is going to show up at some point and roll up Rob Gronkowski for the one, two, three, right on that football field and then take back the <laughs> title. That is happening because Fox has the relationship with the WWE to be able to pull that off. Well, after throwing over $2 billion at him, I think whatever they say will go. So, yeah, that can 100% happen. Yeah. In so, the uh, middle of an NFL stadium. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That is definitely happening. I'm calling it the moment Tampa Bay gets <laughs> on live TV. That is surely happening. But uh, you th- uh, just, well, just real quick with that. Yeah. I mean, that would be September. So, I mean, four more months of Gronk holding the title. And it's a long time. Ring. Yeah. That's the longest. He's got to get the rub. 7-Eleven, I-95, 7-Eleven championship. I mean, uh, they could also do it during um, training camp. True. I, Fox, I can see that Fox, has, Fox has a behind-the-scenes thing or kind of like a hard knocks that HBO does, if you will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, they, could take, they don't really have to drag it out till September, but it would be pretty funny, though, if they did that. Uh, I, I like it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, finally, the Money in the Bank match. Uh, we had the women, we had the men, all in one match. Yep. On one side, we had Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, Otis, Alistair Black. And who am I missing? Missing that sixth guy. Who was that sixth guy that was in there? Hang on. King Corbin. Yes, Corbin. Yeah. And on the women's side, we had Dana Brooke, Nia Jax. Um, we had Carmella. We had uh, Shayna Baszler. We had Asuka. And um, oh, why am I forgetting the sixth one again? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Lacey. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting late. Oh, yeah. What did you think of this match? Uh, I mean, uh, for me, I was very much amused um, by the whole thing. There were uh, a number of uh, visuals that we got, such as um, Otis being lured by the dessert table and then throwing <laughs> a pie into um, Laurenitis's face. Uh, we had yes. all of a sudden the guys are becoming friends, the girls are becoming friends, and they're they're all the guys are going against the girls in the food fight. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Bryan and um, AJ Styles in Vince <laughs> office, and Vince McMahon's like, "Get out!" And Vince McMahon is in the scared. They're both asking. They're, they're they're both acting like friends for a moment. Then they turn on each other again, like the way it should be. Um. I'll say that AJ, that AJ Styles reliving his WrestleMania 
with Undertaker, that big visual of the Undertaker, and then opening that door and seeing the casket. That was pretty awesome. That was cool. <laughs> but the, I, I was constantly laughing the whole time, like especially from the start of the match. You know, Asuka, everybody's like, where is she? And they look up, and the bell rings, and she just dives. Typical Asuka move, if you ask me. But, you know, what else would you expect from her? You know, the brawl in the weight room. And then Baron Corbin just grabs a 45-pound metal plate and just chucks it and shatters that massive mirror. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine what words were going through his head. Yeah, I think there were uh, very... De- definitive expletives, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had the look I mean, on his face, like, oh, what did I a- just do? And then Otis just nonchalantly picks up that weighted down bar and just drops it on AJ's chest and he can't move at all. And he's I, he's begging <laughs> he's begging Ray to help him out and he's like eh, nah. that by the way looked about five hundred pounds to me pretty much yeah. yeah but yeah I mean they're brawling through everything just a it's a fatal four way in an elevator you can see on the camera there and then they get to the the food and the, first Ray is the last one to get up to the second floor and here's the toilet flush. And here comes Brother Love out of the bathroom. I was wondering if he was going to wash his hands, but then he did. So yeah. that was a good move on his part. And then, uh, <laughs> like like you said, AJ and uh, Daniel get into Vince's office, and he's sitting there in jeans and a button-up. Like, you would never see Vince. I did not even notice the jeans. Yes. Yes, Vince and jeans. And then he's like, get out. And then it's like when they get out of there, he just washes his hands, and they're moving – they move the chairs that they move back into place. Like, sorry, Vince, our bad. Sorry. Cause they know how OCD Vince is and everything and how he likes a specific order. So they made it nice and clean. And Vince is just sanitizing his hands and getting back to work. You notice they didn't fight in his office. Nope. <laughs> I think they knew better. And then again, the, the spot with Alistair throwing AJ into that, uh, that room when he saw the, the casket and the, the, the UV light in there, you know, some, some good spots there. And then the massive food fight breaking out where Paul Heyman was eating. Oh, this was great. Yeah. He tried, he tried restoring order, but Otis just grabbed that tray and just threw it right in his face. I'm like, that probably hurt a little bit. How about, <laughs> that tray was loaded down. How about um, Ray Mysterio getting choked out by Shayna Baszler? I noticed that, and then he got crushed by Otis and Nia. I was like, "That poor little fella's dead." That was fantastic <laughs> because because they are just accordioning him, and he's just like, and just drops like it was nothing. And then you see that nice little moment between uh, Otis and Nia where they're staring at each other. It's like, do we fight or do we not? And they're like. Nah, they just kind of turn around and go back to their thing. It's like, oh, is Otis cheating on his girl right now? Yeah, I know. Maybe they <laughs> like planted seeds for the future or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and then how about how about the uh, spot with Nia Jax uh, putting Carmella through the table? Uh, yeah, that thing folded like in a like it was paper. Like she picked her up and dropped her hard. It was a good visual. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, <coughs> excuse me. Then the. Uh, the Money in the Bank conference room when Dana Brooke grabs the briefcase and thought she won. And Stephanie's like, you see Stephanie, she's like, Dana, that's not the contract briefcase. 
you got to go to the roof for that one. And then Carmella just pops her over the skull with that painting. Yeah, you know what? I was thrown off a little bit for a second when Dana uh, when Dana Brooke grabbed that suitcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thrown off. I was like, wait a minute. Um, I thought this was supposed to be on the roof. I think they planted that on purpose because I was sitting there. I'm like, there's no way this is over already. So luckily, everything continued with it. And then. Oh, go ahead. You're good. Well, I mean, um, I, I think that covered all the spots in the building. I liked yeah. how we got a grand tour of the building, though. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw like the, the weight room, you know, because you're used to seeing old school pictures like the old W's that are on the neon lights around the, the ceiling there. Yes. You know, you know where you are when you see that. You know, you got into the cafeteria. You saw multiple conference rooms. You know, they kind of they really did explore the area a little bit there. And then uh, whenever you had that makeshift uh, interview area where they had the cage, you know, the the chain link in the back and the ring ropes, you know, Baron Corbin's tied up and Daniel Bryan's giving him yes kicks. And Otis the whole time is like, yeah, yes, yes. And then Bryan's like, and then just starts kicking Otis into the corner, too. So, I mean, it's just little, oh, little that was pretty that, cool. Yeah. And then what was up with that doink the clown? <laughs> um, that guy. That I have up. no idea where that came. That was when they focused on the back of that chair and you see the clown wig pop up. I that was, was like, so random. Why? Like, uh, I get it. Like, they wanted cheap pops and spots here and there, but okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you were going to go for that, why not just have um, Steve Lombardi do that? Oh, uh, you know? Steve. Yeah, no kidding. Would have made more sense. Yeah, calling the brawler himself. Put on the Yankees jersey one more time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that pretty much covers it for the the building itself. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, you see Corbin uh, make his way up. Um, you see uh, the the women are starting to work their way up at that point. Uh, what did you think of the visual, uh, the overall visual of the ring being outside with the trees, suitcases, the ladders? What did you think of that visual? I do like you the- think that WWE could do a show up there one day? They could. It's just once they're zoomed out and panned out on it, it looks a lot better. But, you know, once they have that tight visual and the ring is taking up most of the camera space, you really can't tell that much that they're on the roof. You can see, like, a couple passing cars in, like, the top right-hand corner, but that's about it. There was a couple overhead shots, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, once they do that, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they needed more of that to kind of give it that visualization, you know, more higher overhead shots. Yeah. And then rest in peace, Ray Mysterio. Um, <laughs> yep, and Alistair Black. <laughs> yeah, poor guys. They were the ones who who took the spot there. Yep, they didn't. Uh, they didn't come back. No, nope. the rest they fell off the roof. Done. Yep. Uh, and yeah. you know what? If I were them, I wouldn't even show up on Raw tomorrow. Just, nah. just, just make it believable. Sell it. Oh yeah. And the only one thing that got me about just the the match overall and the ending, you had Oscar, Nia, and Lacey. And that's really it. For that the was winner. the top three anyway <clears throat> that I thought was one of those three were going to be winning. I was yeah. probably leaning more towards uh, either uh, Shayna and um, what's her name? Lacey um, to win. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, come on. But it's just that they only had the three up there. I, I get it. You can finish a match without having everybody involved. Yeah. But it's just like they they scrubbed the other three out. It's like, oh, well, they were knocked out of, in the building. 
True. True. They were knocked out. They were beat up. They couldn't. They, they couldn't. They couldn't survive. True. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, you know, just the, having those three there, I felt like they kind of rushed that ending a little bit. But it was pretty cool to see Oscar kick and beat Corbin off of a ladder. <laughs> yes. Now, now let's talk about this for a second. Uh, I, I was thinking to myself. All right. So Oscar's got her own briefcase, the white. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men got their own briefcase, me and the green one. So why did Oscar have to push Corbin off the ladder? Oscar's clearly going for hers. Why not let Corbin, you know, go for his? Which was I thought was a little bit of a weird spot. Maybe Oscar doesn't like Corbin and just you know threw him off. But I thought that was a little weird spot. Like you know, it's not like Oscar uh, Corbin was going to grab that woman's uh, suitcase or so I would hope. But I, I thought for a moment those were going to be your two winners. Yeah, until well, yeah, until she kicked him off. See, I my thought was she was kicking him off, and when she grabbed that pre- briefcase. You know, they said, you know, the women's money in the bank winner. And, but you saw nothing else from any of the other guys. I'm like, wait a minute. Was there only supposed to be one winner for this whole shebang? Or did I miss something here? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, did they completely change it on the fly? And 12 people were going for just their respective briefcase and only one winner? Because it like it was an end of a match. They rang the bell and everything. I'm like, so the guys aren't getting a. There, there's not going to be a guys winner. That, so I was very I was thinking confused. about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Then then they kind of cleared everything up and the guys match kept going. Continued. Yep. So we know that Oscar, uh, as you guys know by now, watching this, Oscar is the women's uh, 2020 women's uh, Money in the Bank winner. Um, okay. All right. We'll give you that. I mean, <laughs> I, I knew I, I kind of had an idea. Uh, Oscar was in the mix, but they could have gone in three other directions easily. Um, but. You know, um, Raw, uh, Raw kind of gave it away last week in their advertisements that Becky Lynch is going to confront the winner of the Money in the Bank. So obviously you kind of had an idea that the winner of the Money in the Bank was going to be somebody from Raw, yeah. which narrows it down to Asuka, Nia, and Shayna. So you could have made you could have made a case for either one of those three to win, but yeah. that was a good call because uh, Asuka has basically fe- been featured the most over the past few weeks. Um, and then a close second, Nia Jax with her return and, um, Shayna, I don't know what's uh, going on with that. I think they've screwed that up from the get go with her. She went from absolutely killing everybody, especially in that elimination chamber match. Well, she, well, Becky and Shayna should have had a longer match at WrestleMania. And on top of that, uh, Shayna should have won. That should have easily been a 15 minute match, not a seven minute match. I, I I totally agree. Um, they definitely uh, botched Shayna's push, yeah. uh, or maybe it was intentional. We don't know. Possibly, we don't know. Um, I guess maybe more news comes out later on. Yeah. Um, then we get to the ending. Um, so they teased Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. They teased uh, a couple others. Uh, at one point, AJ Styles, they teased, uh, he, to me, um, after watching Raw last Monday, seemed to have been the overwhelmingly obvious pick to win this year's Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have made a case for Aleister Black. Um, who else did we? Uh, oh, we, we even talked about Baron Corbin, because Baron Corbin heavily featured on SmackDown. That could have been like the next feud for Braun Strowman. 
Yeah, that'd be um, definitely that'd definitely be a good heel versus face feud if he won. So we get the winner after um, AJ Styles and Baron Corbin drop the suitcase in an interesting visual. Otis catches it and wins the 2020 men's money in the bank briefcase. (laughs) What is happening here? As soon as like I saw Corbin fall and I was like, I was right. And I see the suitcase fall down and I see Otis catch it. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, what? My jaw hit the floor. I was like, Ah, like no words came out of my mouth because when it's on the floor, nothing happens. And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, how do they play this out? I mean, you've got two face champions right now. I can't see Otis as a heel right now either. Especially he's got the girl. He's got the briefcase now. How do you roll this out? So I think what's going to happen is somebody's going to challenge Otis for that suitcase and beat him for mm. it. True story. Because who's 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 the next face? First of all, who's the next face to take the title away from Braun Strowman? Um, I'm sorry. Who's the next face to win the win the belt after Braun? I mean, how, how do you get there? So you could have uh, Otis cash in several months from now. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe have him hold it for the whole year. Yeah. Um, and have him cash it in on a heel. You can you can do something like that. Um, but if you're you're thinking a short term booking, um, it, it doesn't really make sense to you know have uh, Braun versus Otis. I mean, they they would need to. Uh, of course, WWE would want to build a storyline around that. So how do you get there? I honestly don't know at the moment. I, I think. Uh, uh, a prominent heel defeats Otis at some point. You think Ziggler becomes Mr. Money in the Bank again, gets his revenge on Otis? You could absolutely do that. And it would just be a weird pairing to have Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Strowman. It it would be very interesting to see. I mean, you could absolutely go that route since Dolph Ziggler and Otis already have... uh, you know, a feud going on that would just add a whole nother layer to it. Um, but I, I'm not too sure what you do with Otis here. Um, he nobody who nobody guessed uh, Otis. No, no I, yeah, uh, nobody would have. Uh, if you did, I would consider you a booking genius. But um, no, I mean, the obvious pick was AJ here, and, and you know, kind of made sense to, to have um, you know, AJ win it or. You know, one of the uh, one of the heels. Oh yeah, but they went in a total direction. Who knows what they got planned? Um, like I said, it could go a couple ways. Uh, um, you know, like I said, Otis could hold it for a while and then cash in on the next heel champ. Um, or you know, you have um, uh, Otis lose the briefcase to somebody else, and then that person cashes it in later on. That's probably the two scenarios, and I think that they go with the latter, where uh, Otis loses the briefcase at some point. I hate that kind of booking, though, whenever they do that, because it kind of – I would take that kind of as a slap. Well, it hasn't happened in a while. True. But, I mean, it's its still one of those that 
you know, hey, we're going to give you the briefcase, but you're just kind of a placeholder right now to throw another match out there. And it's like, well, you okay. got to remo- remember, these are just props. Oh, yeah. True. I mean, I know it's not an actual chance. Some of these, some of these wrestlers aren't taking it serious as long, as long as they have a spot. True. You know, but some some people in really in real life, some wrestlers in real life do care if their title holder or featured is the main event. Uh, I'm sure that politic is uh, very much around. But um, yeah, uh, we would have to see. Uh, so uh, someone losing a briefcase to somebody else uh, that hasn't happened in, in a while um, where a briefcase was on a line. Um, I think the last time may have been. Uh, I want to say Edge versus Kennedy. I, I could I could be wrong. I thought Cena was a little more recent than that. Didn't yeah. Cena lose his briefcase? Oh, oh, I'm not even too sure. I know Damian Sandow lost his briefcase, didn't he? Yes, Sandow lost his briefcase. And okay, so that would have been a little bit more recent. Kennedy lost his briefcase too. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. So we haven't seen anything like this as far as uh, um, somebody losing their briefcase in uh, an up for grabs match in probably about, I think it's about five years yeah, or so. Yeah, that's about right. Be, so. be a good thing to revisit. What happens tomorrow? Where, where do you go from here? Where do you go with the championship matches, uh, with uh, the titles, universal title, uh, the WWE title, and where do you go with the money bank winners? So Oscar's or you know, Becky's gonna call call out Oscar. Oscar has a lot of unfinished business with her, you know, since she made her tap out at the rumble. So that's that's gonna be an interesting build up there. You know, Oscar, you don't know if she's gonna cash in immediately because she's such a hothead right now. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Seth is going to come out and just be absolutely bonkers. Not like fighting people, but he's going to be further down that egotistical hole. And yeah, he might snap. Yeah, just buying more into his, of his, his own prophecy for Monday Night Raw and going further down that Messiah rabbit hole and just get even crazier. Like nothing like David Koresh ever got to. Whatsoever, this is going to be something completely different. So I think the the his work is not done, and will just carry on even harder right now. I I really hope him and Drew. I wish they would take a break if this payoff is going to be at SummerSlam, but I don't think they can really. They need more build for it if this is going to go that long. So I'm curious to see which way they go with that. Um, as far well, well, there could always be um, a distraction feud, and I would start it relatively soon. But some kind of distraction feud for uh, Seth Rollins, and then lead to a number one contender match, and then have Seth Rollins right back in the mix for a match against Drew. True. And then the the Universal Title, they don't need to stop this at all. Um, that loss, I think Bray is. Because especially at that end where he said he'll be pleased and he'll be so happy, Bray's going to be torn even harder because he knows he failed the fiend and failed his mission to get Braun to come back home and join the family. So I think that is just or he's going to be in such a dark place. You know that's that's going to be the start for having the fiend 
fight the monster. So we'll see that build start on Friday. Awesome. I absolutely agree. Well, folks, uh, for those of you that checked in and uh, watched or about to watch or listen in the next couple of days, uh, we thank you so much. That's going to wrap up our Money in the Bank post show. Uh, we got our uh, Monday Night Raw post show tomorrow night, immediately after Raw at about 11, 10, 11, 15 or so. Um, we would uh, definitely, uh, if you guys like our show, uh, if you guys enjoyed uh, watching, listening, make sure you give us a subscribe on uh, YouTube, and uh, that would be on the Deep uh, Deep Six Pro Wrestling channel. Uh, also available on the Deep Six Pro Wrestling podcast, available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to and watching, please give us a share. And I would like to wish you guys all a good night. Cooper, thank you so much for hopping on tonight. Thank you. Shall we see you tomorrow? Uh, Maybe. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see how the schedule goes tomorrow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome, man. Well, uh, in the meantime, everybody, Cooper, have a good night. Thank you all.